We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and we are celebrating uh, a Victory Monday and the best Victory Monday by far so far this season because your Green Bay Packers are the 2019 NFC North champs after a, I I think you could argue, a convincing 23-10 win over the Minnesota Vikings in U.S. Bank Arena. Uh, and joining me today to talk about this game and break everything down and even take a look ahead to the playoffs a little bit are my partners in crime, Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Champs, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. I'm sure Janelle needs to have the, the soapbox a little bit more just so she can go on yeah. into school today, everyone listening, but I'll <laughs> let her start. Oh yeah, my heart's still racing just because obviously Packer fan in enemy territory, you know, I had to... Like, this game is really important because I need to make sure I get my bragging rights for the year. So, I mean, obviously with a win in U.S. Bank Stadium, Aaron Rodgers first in that stadium and the team as a whole, uh, that's huge. Winning the division, that's huge. Beating the Vikings, that's huge. So, a lot of really good things, and I'm still really amped up about it right now. But I'm sure when I have to go pick up my boyfriend, he's probably going to not feel that way. So, it'll be interesting. Yeah, Janelle, when you go ahead and drive over to pick up your boyfriend, even to school tomorrow, I heard the road pretty smooth. They're not, no blockage or anything there. So 
feel free just oh, no, you know, take your time. Okay. Yeah, the road, roads are completely open. You know, <laughs> if it says 10 minutes on your Google you know, Maps or your iPhone, it's going to take you 10 minutes, maybe a little quicker, maybe nine. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot to talk about here. Uh, we bragging rights for the Packers coming up today. Um, I'm looking on TV right now in the locker room afterwards, and I absolutely love these shirts the north is not enough i think that's absolutely the the best uh the best t-shirt i've seen in a long time uh for the packers i like that a lot um before we get into this game guys though i think we have to hit on some news that is uh packer related um the first thing is uh just a, a brief thing to touch on mike mccarthy it was uh, reported today that um interviewed with the Panthers on Sunday for their opening, their uh, head coach opening. Uh, so we could see former Green Bay Packer head coach, Mike McCarthy back in, uh, in a position with the NFL again. And then uh, news breaking pretty much just as the game ended tonight, guys, which uh, will have an effect on what we're going to talk about later in week 17 is the Seahawks signing Marshawn Lynch and beast mode coming back to play in that game against the San Francisco 49ers next week, which, as uh, we'll discuss here as we talk about playoff seeding, there's a, a very distinct possibility that your Green Bay Packers end up with the number one seed uh, after everything kind of shakes out next week. And I think, guys, first and foremost, with all of that, let's give a shout-out to Brett Hundley. <laughs> can, can we give yeah. Brett, Brett Hundley his due for coming up big and finishing off that Cardinals win over the Seahawks to even have this as a possibility. Brett Hundley is our new Matt Flynn. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, he and he played well, actually, coming yeah. in for Kyler Murray. I think I saw, like, on the game cast. So, yeah, shout out to them. But, yeah, that's Seahawks. I mean, I'm just going looking here. Like, the game is in Seattle, too. And whether or not Marshawn Lynch, you know, runs a ball 25 times or zero times, like, just that extra energy that's going to be – um, in Seattle, I think is enormous, but yeah, things are, uh, things are coming up Packers right now. It's crazy to think they could get a first round by, um, or even that first overall. And I think just either way, it's, it's fantastic, but, um, did you see like everything's kind of like all the, the stars are aligning at this point. Yeah. It's crazy. Just thinking about these last two seasons where we were and where we are now, like, I don't think anybody really expected this big of a swing with the whole firing McCarthy, hiring LaFleur. Like, I would have maybe expected, like, maybe an 8-8 eight and eight season, like, a 500 record, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, winning the division, having 12 wins on the season with one game left, like, this is extremely unexpected. And it makes you think, like, okay, this is just year one. Like, what can we look forward to now? Like, it's just, hopefully it just keeps getting better and better. But this year, like, we were due for a fun year of football, that's for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, my memories came up today on my phone about, you know, tweets that I sent, you know, last year, two years ago, whatever. And today, a year ago, I was talking about hashtag embrace the suck and, <laughs> and wanting the Packers to, to tank and, and just get a draft pick and the complete three uh 180 that this team has done this year uh can't be can't be overstated and also, and just lastly it's just it's just ironic too like i mean i want to like the fact that mccarthy does an interview today like with a different team and then like even yeah. one that like last year there's that <laughs> iconic clip of you know 
Cam Newton kind of just like picking apart Clay Matthews. And it's just like the Packers win the North and they hadn't won in U.S. Bank Stadium. Obviously, it was during McCarthy's reign. It's just very ironic. But yeah, the, the, this game, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It was this was basically a Shakespeare play this weekend for for us across the NFL. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into this game a little bit more in depth, guys. Um, as we said, the Packers get a twenty three ten win over the Vikings. Um, at least defensively for the Packers, I think you have to say is the the most complete game that they played all year long. Um, the the Vikings could not do anything at all on offense. Um, I, I think how much how much of a grain of salt do you take with this performance though, guys? With there being no Dalvin Cook on the field, that's obviously a huge game changer for this offense. But I mean, this is still a Kirk Cousins led team. Say what you will about Kirk Cousins, he's you know at least one of the best thirty two quarterbacks in the world. Um, and has two of the better wide receivers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, th- this, this still isn't something to, you know, to shake a stick at without Dalvin cook, but um, you know, how much do you kind of temper expectations with the fact that we didn't see cook today? I mean, I think it matters a little bit. Uh, you know, cook has played really well all year. I think he's, you know, the fact that he was out this week with the shoulder is, I think that was significant, but um there, I mean, the Packers haven't been able to stop the run, you know, too effectively in the midway to the season. Now, like that, it's you know, in de- December they've done you know a little bit better, which is great. And um, I think it's still I think it was a tough test. I mean, Minnesota's been able to run the ball all year. Granted, I think it's is like you said, Dan, a completely different game if Cooks out there. Um, but I, like I said, the the run D has been better, and just the the pressure that's been there, um, even in the past defense. Obviously, we'll talk more about that in the podcast. But it's just. It's great to see that, you know, I, I thought the weakest point on the defense, which, mind you, I think is our strong suit, the defense as a whole, I think thought the weakest point was that run D, and it's tightening up, it's getting better, and it I, it's fantastic seeing that coming into playoff time. Yeah, and I think, um, like, Dalvin Cook being out, to an extent, yes, it could be a difference maker. Also, you have to remember that, the Vikings got their 10 points on turnovers on Packers side of the field. So you kind of wonder how he would change that. But with the passing game, like, cause obviously like take cook out of that. I'm not sure how involved he would be if he were to come back and play today. Um, but you just think about like, okay, well, Kirk cousins is still getting a lot of pressure, especially from Z who had a phenomenal day today, like Dalvin cook or not, like, I think Z still has a day like today. Like the pressure is still there. And honestly, there were times where it was really just us beating ourselves. So Delvin Cook, yes, he probably would have been like, they probably would have had a little bit more scoring, maybe a little bit more, um, or maybe like have some more first downs that they earn themselves, maybe getting across the 50. But I mean, like you said, Kirk Cousins is supposed to be the leader on this team. And with him being hurt, they just looked horrible on offense and a lot of credit to the defense too but a lot of their success on offense came from our offensive failures yeah and I mean he he helps that that offensive uh passing attack because a lot of that uh offense runs through him being uh you know in a a passing situation you know catching stuff out of the backfield so it it definitely it definitely does play a, a part in it I think it'll be interesting to see um 
you know, in that first round matchup, which uh, as we keep talking about playoff scenarios, there's still a chance that the Packers meet up with the Vikings in that for, uh, that wild card weekend if things break a certain way uh, for the Packers. And so, um, you know, there's a good chance that we'll see that the Packers could see Dalvin Cook again this year. But regardless, we will see what this offense kind of looks like with Dalvin Cook and how much that injury will affect him as we uh, move into the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, nothing can discredit the night that the defense had overall. And I think especially, uh, you know, we we really could take the whole podcast to talk about the nights that Darius Smith had. Um, I, I mean, you saw it in that first sack celebration that they did where he just kicked the door in absolutely kicked the door in on this this team i mean he was an absolute a game wrecker i mean you know we we've seen him and the talent that he has and he you know continuously can affect the game and has but tonight was really the first time that i think we kind of saw him by himself be an absolute game breaker like it, it just in no sense was being stopped there was no answer for him at all um you know, Zadari Smith by himself, fantastic. And, you know, not to take away from the night that Kenny Clark and, uh, you know, some of the other guys had on defense as well. Um, but, I mean, really this defense, like we kind of said at the top, up and down, the, the best we saw out of uh, out of this team in the, the first 15 games of the season. Yeah, Dan, I think um, Zadari Smith clearly, I mean, it was great, great performance by him, uh, three and a half sacks, and he didn't get hurt. You know, he didn't get banged mm-hmm. up and we've seen that time and time again with that knee or that ankle whatever that lower body injuries he, he looked great tonight um you know, like you mentioned kenny clark played great lancaster played well just everyone up front was awesome i mean fackrell causes uh them to not be able to get a touchdown essentially a deep deep ball at the end of the game with that holding penalty so uh, great stuff up front and then i i should have tweeted at you but i kind of waited to the podcast i feel like the last month and a half dan you've talked about kevin king and I think he had one of his better games as a Packer tonight. I mean, that pick uh, in run support, too, on the edge, he was mm-hmm. phenomenal. I really didn't see – maybe there was a play or two where he got burned or kind of had a missed assignment, but he, he looked fantastic. So that was another guy that I saw um, outside of the front seven who had a great game. Yeah, and I think this defense just really persevered today. I mean, Zadarius, he was not letting anyone stop him, and if he was going down, he was crawling to Kirk and – he was just an animal out there and it was so fun to watch and his energy that he brings. It was insane. Like he's getting pumped. I'm getting pumped. Everybody's getting pumped. And like, it just continues and there was no stopping him tonight. But like you said, Kevin King also had a great day. And I think one of the only real issues I had um, earlier in the game was Jair on that touchdown pass to Diggs. All he had to do was either turn around or just put a hand up and then just, way too many again right in the middle right at the first down marker especially on a third and long allowing guys to be open and that just seems to be some miscommunication in the zone but usually that's Kevin King we're complaining about today it was Adrian Amos I think that had the miscommunication so I think just getting that communication figured out if they're gonna play zone instead of man up they have to be able to switch off and make sure that guys aren't open especially when uh Zadarius goes and gets a sack and it's third and 18 and then they shoot one right up the middle and get the first down so those were really the only frustrations I had with the defense is just that communication but other than that I think especially front seven destroyed it and Kirk looked scared everyone looked scared and I loved it 
<laughs> Boy, the 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 emotion behind the Janelle's there just I loved it. I love seeing it. Yeah, they it it was pretty clear. They they didn't want that smoke in the second half. Um, you know, the, it was it was pretty obvious. And you know, one last thing on the defense, I I don't know how the uh, the exact stats on it. Um, but I know ESPN like near the end of the first half, I saw them pop up that the Packers hadn't blitzed up to that point yet. And I don't think I remember really a lot of blitzing in that second half as well. So an, another credit to the job that that defensive line did um, if, for uh, for the defense today. Um, but let's look at the offense, guys. Uh, you know, a little bit less of a uh, cut and dry uh, conversation about what the offense did today. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 216 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Um, Aaron Jones had another Aaron Jones type of day, 23 carries, 154 yards and two touchdowns, including the longest of the season up to this point, uh, with that 56 yard touchdown run. Um, and then Adams obviously leading the way with 116 yards on 13 catches and Lazard right behind them with, uh, five catches with 45 yards. Um, the, the thing, the, the elephant in the room guys is the fumbles. Um, and turnovers, three, three turnovers, two of those fumbles. They were, you know, the only reason that the Vikings even scored any points. And arguably you could say there was one more that could have gone the other way with that, uh, Jimmy Graham. And then, um, I think even Tyler Irving on the punt, the special teams muffed that, uh, the one near the 10 yard line. So, you know, the, the turnover game, uh, not, not the not the best for the Packers today, but still uh, to come away with a win like this and overcoming those three turnovers again speaks to the defense, but offensively kind of gives you a little bit of pause, especially that interception. I feel like, yeah, the interception was weird. Um, I think they I, they mentioned after the maybe after the broadcast, it was like Rogers like 216 times he's thrown without throwing a pick towards Adams. So and it was just a weird play, like throwing late over the middle and. He didn't even try to sail it over Harris's head, so that was strange. But um, you mentioned all those other potential miscues, Dan. Um, you also, had, you know, the, on the second one in the the uh, second quarter early on, Lazard had that drop, which you know would have mm-hmm. extended the drive. Um, it's it just it, if you're playing a better offense, I don't think there's a chance you win that game, especially the way you're turning the ball over. I mean, you you can't lose the turnover battle like that and give up such significant field position. Um, you know, and still win by double digits. Generally, it's not that, you know, like undecided as a game in the second half, especially, but uh, they, they need to figure some things out. Uh, we had talked about when we previewed the game um, and we kind of gave our predictions that uh, early on in September that Devontae Adams has always, you know, had his day against the Vikings defense. And he did that again. Um, clearly that was who they wanted to target. I mean, they went after him 16 times today. him and him and Rogers seemed to be cooking, but um, still some miscues from Rogers. There was that one early on where he took that sack, um, Runner to the sideline, I believe it was Griffin coming after him, and it was just like, you know, get rid of it. I don't know why you have to take that sack and lose a yard. I mean, not a significant play, but it's just, it, it, it's a strange thing. Um, I did also like to see that uh, Tyler Irving did get it on offense. I thought that was interesting. He was essentially yeah. running the role of um, Marcus Valdez Scantling in like those jet sweeps. I think he ran like four or five of them, and actually that that play opened up the run for uh, the fifty-six yard run that. Uh, Dan had talked about that Aaron Jones had it in the game to kind of seal it. So good to see him going. But again, um, 
I, I don't know what it is with Rodgers, uh, and I think that's really who you have to kind of point the finger at at this point. His protection's been pretty good so far. I haven't seen any issue with that. Clearly, the run game is one of the best he's had in his whole career, so you would think that would you know kind of add to his productivity and just open things up more, but um, you know, and the issue for a while was his second receiver. Now it's like Lazard's coming on, so I, I'm not really sure what to point it towards, um, but it did see like that second half, there were some adjustments made, and they were able to connect a little bit better. Yeah, I think... Really what it came down to on the offense struggle, offensive struggle was just fundamentals, and their fundamentals looked really bad, especially, like you said, there was three fumbles, and we got two, uh, we lost two of them, the interception, the fumble after on the punt, and it was just a lot of, like, mental stuff that just couldn't figure out how to put the ball away, and it could have been a lot worse. There was a lot of balls that were thrown that were off the tips of the fingers of the receivers again and all this stuff. And it just looked really, I guess, sloppy is the best word that I can think of for it. And it, it just, that first half was just really unsettling, but to only be down nine to 10 at the half, which was another thing. I kind of wish that they would have pushed when we were on like the five yard line, maybe less. And there's seven seconds left and you're not just going to pound. I think by the time we ran one of the balls, there was three seconds left. And I kind of wish they would have just pushed and gone for it, like risk it a little bit. I mean, the worst thing is you're down four, but you could also be up three. So I kind of wanted to see a little bit more oomph from LaFour on that one. But, I mean, they, they really cleaned it the up. Thing, yeah, the thing with that play, sorry, the thing with that play, Janelle, was like Rodgers is trying – he was trying to get too cute and like moving around Williams and they had to burn that timeout. And like to your point, like that kind of screws up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you have to move. You're running a four wide set, you know, two receivers on each side. I don't know why you have to motion the running back to your, you know, your other hip. I think just run it up the gut unless he saw, you know, an unbalanced line. But yeah, it would have been great for them to push it in. But go yeah. ahead. I mean, even with without the timeout, like I I don't understand why you would play soft and kick it there. Like the way your defense is playing, trust them and just maybe get something going going into halftime, get some momentum. But whatever LaFleur said or whatever whoever said in the locker room must have worked because they looked a lot better the second half. And after Rodgers really got in the flow, especially with Adams, he looked a lot more like himself. Put him on the string right to Adams, right through the defense. And it was that was just – I think the second half was the most fun I've had watching football all year, in all honesty. Like, Rodgers started to look like himself. Adams was having a big day. Jones was having a big day. And – everybody's running up the sideline tricking me into thinking that they were out seven yards ago and all of a sudden Adams has a first down and it's it was crazy I had a lot of fun with that one but yeah I think making sure especially uh making sure that you're not just going three now especially at the end like they did against the Bears last week I think it was good that they really kept going I don't like when you just run three in a row get three and out and you make your defense work the defense actually got a break today which I think helped them excel the way they did yeah, and that that goes right to uh, right right to the work of of Aaron Jones because I mean as that you said in that second half was the most fun watching this offense and that's I think has to do with the way that this team just really grinded on on offense they didn't get they didn't scare away from the running game uh, you know they they stuck with Williams and Jones on both sides um, and if I can for just a second. Because Aaron Jones just popped up on Sports Center, uh, being interviewed, and he's wearing the sombrero. <laughs> I, I need, I need, I need somebody in the Packer uh, like um, 
uh, I don't know, blogosphere or, or something there that, that's covering the team that can get access. There, there's got to be somebody that's job is to take care of this sombrero and take it from game to game like the Stanley Cup guy. <laughs> um, like, because that thing is just, in, it's, it's way, it's in way too pristine condition. There's, there's lights on it. There's Christmas lights on it. Um, like, like there's somebody on this team whose job is to carry around this sombrero for Aaron Jones. So he has, he has a security guy on the sombrero and probably someone like that's a stylist for the sombrero. This is like a two team job. It seems like two part right, job. Like, yeah, there's a white, there's guy, you know, the guy with like the white gloves that has it in the big case that, that carries it around. Um, but, but offensively too, I mean, Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones obviously got featured in the production that they had, but we have to give props to to Alan Lazard too because you know before the game, Booger was talking about you know who's the who's the number three weapon on this team, and I immediately said it's Alan Lazard. They just have to put him there in that position, and they did. They featured him as that second or that third um, offensive weapon. Uh, you know, Matt, you kind of mentioned the nine targets today. That that's. Um, almost it's triple what anyone else had below him. Jamal Williams is the next closest with two targets. It was Devontae and Ad- it was um, Adams and Lazard in the passing game for the Packers today. Um, and then we in the in the blocking game too. It can't be said enough the the job that Alan Lazard had today. Um, and one more thing on Jones uh, before we open it up again. Um, he has a chance to break the record. Um, a Packer record this week coming up against the Lions um, for most touchdowns in a season. He's sitting at 19 right now. Amon Green has the record at 20. Um, and I think, I think if he does them, I think if he rushes for three of them, he would tie. Um, he would tie Jim Taylor. I think is what I saw the. The record was uh, a little bit farther off from that, but yeah, I mean, this is a, we saw it last year with Adams had a chance to break um, the receiving record last year, and now Jones this year uh, gets his chance to break a couple of records too. So this is this is an offense, guys. That I think um, I mean, well, we've said it all year long. When when this team is is clicking, this is a scary offense. Yeah, and I, I am glad that um, with the fumble early on that they didn't just bench Jones, give up on him. Cause we've seen that in the past where a guy fumbles mm-hmm. the ball and he sits the rest of the game. So I'm really glad that they didn't see an early fumble and then punish him the rest of the game for it, because that could have been completely different. If you one mistake, you're costing the whole team a win. So I really like seeing that too. That's exactly what I had wrote down. Janelle. I'm looking at this, like the next drive, <laughs> I think, the next drive, they went to Jamal Williams a little bit, just kind of to establish but then they still mix them both in, you know, through the passing game and running with Jones. And I think that's huge. You would see more, you know, old school coaches, if they had another running back like a Jamal Williams, a complimentary back, probably stick with him a lot more often than an Aaron Jones. I can think of a few that come to my head. One of them just lost his job this last week in Jacksonville. He's like Tom Coughlin's notable <laughs> for doing that, like sitting the guy down. And like there's guys in the coaches in the league that do that where they're just like, you know, nope, you turned it over like, I think Mike Zimmer would probably do that. He's I've seen him do that before Delvin Cook. So mm-hmm. um, great point to just to get, you know, to know, you know, Aaron Jones has been productive this year. He's no, he's no Sam Congato. He's no Tony Fisher. Like he's gonna be able to run the ball for you. And I think Dan, back to your point, um, something that you saw from Matt LaFleur this week, you know, he kind of talked about giving these guys a second chance 
uh, or giving the guys that, you know, not a second chance, the guys that have earned a chance to, you know, step up and being that being Alan Lazard and Kumaro and, you know, kind of getting a backseat in Geronimo Allison and um, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. And that's exactly what happened today. Uh, Kumaro, you know, got some looks. He was great in um, the running game as well, be able to block. He had a you know, couple nice blocks there. But Lazard, I mean, a uh, few, you know, mental mistakes you know that drop i talked about and uh maybe i think there's one other one but i mean big plays on third downs on slants uh they had that deep ball on second down they went to him and just couldn't connect it was good, really good defense actually by the secondary uh of the vikings but then they come back with him in a slant get that third down it's just that's what you kind of needed and dan hit it exactly you need that third that third um that weapon and um yeah it's just it's it's fantastic to see at this point in the year it's it's great. You love it. And I just hope now, like, our, on paper, you know, going into the 2019 year, looking at it, you're like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is our best offensive player, maybe our best player on the whole team. Like, if he can start playing to that caliber, I think the Packers are an extremely dangerous team getting hot um, going into Week 17. Yeah. Something uh, to bring up, Matt, that you said about, you know, guys getting the opportunity that have earned it. You you brought up Tyler Irvin getting snaps in that kind of MVS yeah. role. I mean, that kind of speaks to that a little bit too. Obviously Tyler Irvin is, is doing something well uh, that, that, that he's getting looks there because yeah, that's, that's the look. That's the M that's the MVS play is that, that jet sweep kind of look. And so to see a guy like Tyler, Tyler Irvin get, get looks there multiple, multiple times. Um, I, I don't think can be really overlooked. You know, we really only saw, uh, MVS kind of in that special teams role today. So uh, something to keep an eye on as we uh, we keep moving forward. Um, and one other thing to note with the offense too, I meant to mention this as well, those 16 receptions for Adams ties a career high for him too. So again, another huge game, just an absolute Viking killer is Devontae Adams. Um, so looking at the playoffs, guys, um, I, this, is, this is the scenario we're looking at going into next week. The Packers win. They're guaranteed the first round by. Um, now, if they get that help from the Seahawks, like we mentioned, and win against uh, Detroit, we're looking at the Packers as a number one seed um, in the NFC playoffs, which I don't, I don't think can can be understated by any means. Um, now, the only way the Packers will not get the play or not get the first round by is. Um, kind of what we talked about that worst that absolute worst case scenario um for the Packers they lose if they lose against the um the Lions this coming week and then the Saints win against Carolina which uh is a kind of a, a foregone conclusion you would expect um but it's looking like pretty much either way the Packers are going to most likely have the first round bye which they kind of talked on in Sports Center is is huge for this team because I really don't think that there's a way this Packers team can pull off a 2010, you know, six seed go on the road and win three on the road games. This is a team that really succeeds when they're playing at home. Yeah, and I think they they hit it on the head even to start the the broadcast of the the game. Uh, I think Booger talked about it just how I think Rodgers is what 500 right now at this point, mm-hmm. one game over 500 playing on the road and um. Um, they're not like that team that you mentioned, Daniel, being a lower seed and going on because they're just – they don't have – I don't think they have the playmakers. They don't have the – definitely don't have the offensive weapons they had back in the day. So 
And playing out West, as we've seen, isn't great for the Packers this year. Going to play in San Fran, I don't think would be favorable. And they didn't um, play in Seattle this year, but I kind of remember how that's gone a few times in the regular season and the postseason. So I, I would I would prefer not to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, be, like you said, beating beating the Lions should be easy. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, the, the more than likely it's a pretty fair bet that the Saints would beat the Panthers this week. Um, or this next week, but yeah, let's just go and take care of business and you don't really have to worry about anything else at that point. Yeah, exactly. Just go do your job in Detroit and that's all you can really say. You have to hope that the Saints can do their job, but crazier things have happened. Um, there's no excuse for why we shouldn't win next week though and get the bye. So that would be, that'd be ideal. I mean, I could use a week off to just regather myself I feel like I've really stressed a lot I feel like I've got a lot of gray hairs and I've probably lost a couple years of my life these last few weeks just stressing over regular football as well as fantasy which I know some of you guys had some big fantasy Mm -hmm. days today with this game I unfortunately didn't get my 60 points from Rodgers and Adams but (laughs) I guess I'll forgive them for that because they got the win so I'll let it slide either I needed the Vikings defense not to get five points and I think they got that with the fumble recoveries the pick and the sack (laughs) so that that's a that's a net swing of a few hundred dollars for me but um so be it but yeah some bad beats the last some last week of the season yep you heard it (laughs) Well, guys, as we kind of uh, we kind of wrap this up again, um, Packers NFC North champions, twenty three ten winners over the Minnesota Vikings. Um, any any thoughts as we look at the upcoming game against the Lions? What you're looking for this week, um, and then also uh, what do you guys got planned for uh, for the holiday weekend or the holiday week? And uh, I mean, really, it's a it's a it's a week always because it you know christmas to new year's you got seven days so what, what's the what's the party plans this week yeah i mean i hope obviously i think if they do have that first round by which is more than likely like we said i hope just they just get you know everyone rested up if need be if they're up a little bit you know set some guys down but don't don't go stagnant into the playoffs we've seen that time and time again through different teams in the nfl but um i will actually be leaving uh tomorrow so wednesday to go to pesh to go uh it's where my girlfriend's from so we'll be up there um kind of chilling then over the week actually no i'll be back in stevens point then over the weekend so i'm just doing a bunch of traveling um i did that this last week and then the following week actually i'll be heading to germany uh my little brother is yeah my little brother's over there so uh right after the first of the year we're gonna be getting on a plane and doing that so i was hoping the packers my dad was actually hoping the packers would have that wild card game um and we'd like have to be up at like three in the morning to watch a a packer (laughs) game in germany somewhere so um, but yeah, just a bunch of travel in the next week and a half for me and hoping, um, Packers still get some wins along the way. Yeah. And I'll be, uh, well, tomorrow spending the day with boyfriend's family. So I really need to earn bragging rights today so I could go there tomorrow and gloat. So that's huge for me. And then Christmas day spending with my family and just relax and get a week and a half away from the kiddos at the middle school. So well-earned time off for me. It, it, it yeah. falls on a good day this year, Janelle. Like, there's, it's an extended break for kids in, like, public schools or whatever. Like, it, that's a long break. Yeah, and I am more than okay <laughs> with it. Except now I don't get to go to school tomorrow and look to all the students. But I guess I, I can wait. I can do that uh, after the first of the year. So I won't let them forget it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Matt, on the on terms of the uh, the game this coming week. Um, 
you know, don't don't come in and, you know, just half-ass the game against the Lions because the Lions for some for some reason are still playing as if they're playing for something. Um <laughs> so, you know, don't don't take this one too lightly, you know, come in, do your business. Um and it, it's funny this is the one it's the one week a year the Packers are going to literally be two blocks away from my house and I'm going to be in a different state when they're here. Um, I'll be down in Columbus for um, most of the week and New Year's, but uh, I will give a, a a bat signal out to any Packers fans down in Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to get to watch the game at my new favorite Packer bar that I found this year on Tap Pub in Dublin, uh, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. I got a chance to watch the um, opening week game against the Bears there, and it was absolutely the best viewing experience I've ever had outside of being in Green Bay. Um, this bar seats maybe 30 people, and they're all Packer fans, um, and it, it's it's an absolute party. So if you're in Columbus, I'd love to love to see you there. Um, but yeah, I'm and same with you, Matt. I'm doing. I mean, absolutely traveling. I think we mapped out we're going to be in the car for about 20 hours between Christmas and, yeah. and New Year's. It's rough. <laughs> wow, it's crazy. Like my, I got a gas card in my in my <laughs> stocking, so that's gonna yeah. it's gonna help out a little bit. Um, also, just so you guys know, uh, looks like and again, I love doing these recaps because you're getting all the stuff right after the game. But uh, Matt Lafleur gave the boys off. For, uh, I think for Christmas, it sounds like, which makes sense. I mean, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, they would have to practice on Christmas. But yeah, I mean, you do have a game mm-hmm. coming up, but uh, I guess they got off for Christmas. So uh, Matt LaFleur just spreading cheer. And hopefully <laughs> next week's game, hopefully coming out of the half, we don't even need Aaron Rodgers or anybody like Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Hopefully they get a big enough jump where they can sit for at least one quarter. That would be That would be a nice gift. And Andy Herman just woke out of his beauty sleep thinking that Tim Boyle would play 30 minutes in a second half. <laughs> Tim Boyle and David Blau, the matchup that everyone is is looking forward to. Oh, my God. <laughs> solid way to end the regular season, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, speaking of gifts, too, great transition. We got to talk about what's coming up this week on the Pack of Day podcast on Christmas. We uh, A lot of our collaborators here – um, have put together a uh, what should be great Christmas gift for you guys. Um, Janelle and myself have both contributed to it. Um, you know, just a, a everyone kind of did something a little bit different. Um, you know, in terms of of uh, what we're putting together, some of us did. I think there were some poems in there. Um, unfortunately for everyone, I sang a song. Um, so, you know, don't let that dissuade you from listening to the episode on Wednesday. Everyone else, I'm sure, did a really good job, too. Um, but in talking about Packer memories as well, Janelle, you kind of brought up the one that, that you talk about, um, which I thought was was really awesome. Um, Matt, did I, I don't think you submitted one, but do you have a, a special Packer uh, Christmas memory that you want to share? I didn't submit one and I was like contemplating it. It was, it was going to be like a jingle bells rip off. And I just didn't, I didn't have my microphone with me and that's, that's my excuse. Uh, Packers. Um, I would say actually, yeah. Um, so Janelle's is really great. It's kind of similar. It ties into family. Uh, my family um, uh, one year, I think it was, I don't remember what the most recent that they opened up to um, for ownership. 
and my parents actually bought us, uh, mm. me and my brothers, and I think probably both my parents got it too, uh, certificates to be owners for the Packers and uh, still a bit framed, obviously. It's uh, just one of those things. It doesn't come around every, you know, too often. There, I know there's, you know, a few dozen of them out there of Packer owners. So it's 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 unique company, but um, it's cool to say that you're, you know, part of something like that and just uh, the uniqueness of what the Packer, Green Bay Packer history really is. So um, that would be, I guess, the one off the top of my head. Oh, that's a, that's a really good one. I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's, yeah, that's, that's something special. Um, if I can just throw mine in there, I didn't get a chance to put it on my, um, my submission, but, uh, when I think Christmas and Packers celebrating Christmas with my family, I think it was 2003 Packers needed the Vikings to lose to the Cardinals and Josh McCowan corner of the end zone, throwing to Nate Poole. Uh, a guy with two touchdown receptions his entire career, including that one, which knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs and put the Packers into the playoffs. Um, every time I think of uh, of holiday Christmas Packers memories, uh, that one is one of the first ones to shoot to my mind because just being with the family and uh, and seeing and seeing them lose to the Cardinals in that fashion to knock them out kind of uh, rivals um, Brett Favre across interception across the uh across the other side of the field in the nfc championship game when it comes to sad vikings memories for me um but guys uh any final thoughts as we as we wrap things up uh i guess by the time we do this next it'll be around playoff time so just yeah just keep it up i mean they're that getting a first round by is going to be huge i mean so that's most important um everyone have a good holiday stay safe travel well um and let's you know i i don't hope for snow i'm not a big fan of snow but if i come back from germany um in a few weeks and there's snow on the ground for a packer home game in the playoffs i I guess i'll deal with it yeah i mean i have nothing to complain about right now i'm about as happy as can be so (laughs) i'm going into the holidays with a pretty good gift so far so i hope everyone else has a great great holiday week and enjoy your victory tuesday and bragged all your friends and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where we'll be at with our recording next time because we have no idea when the Packers will be playing, so we'll have no idea what we'll be talking about. But that's the fun of it. Yeah, gonna be a lot, lot to, uh, lot to keep us occupied as we get through the next couple of weeks and this holiday week. Um, again, guys, uh, like they said, have a wonderful holiday. Um, if you're traveling, like um, like most of us are, be safe. Uh, enjoy the time with family and friends. Um, and enjoy it while watching some Packers football as well. Uh, as the last two years have showed you, it's not always going to be <laughs> like this. So t- take these seasons when you can take them. Um, but yeah, like I said, always uh, subscribe, rate, review, follow the podcast throughout the rest of the week and throughout the playoffs as well. And again, look for that Christmas special episode. It should be uh, should be something pretty unique for Packers fans um, as well. Listen to it while you're driving, uh, you know, those those 17 hours that you've got for the holidays um but uh, again enjoy the win guys happy uh happy christmas happy championship um and until next time go pack go go, go pack, pack go, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.